श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय हरिनाम प्रभु की जय ग्रंथरा श्रीमद् भागवतम के जय श्री कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी महोत्सव के जय तो गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन वीर continuing our discussion about the advent of Sri Krishna. And this morning, we're going to discuss from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, where the story begins, although it is referred to earlier as well. And um, it comes up in the 9th Canto, the preceding Canto. Here in the 10th Canto, Raj Parikshit glorifies and inquires from Sukadev Goswami with regard to his mention of Krishna and Balaram in the previous canto when he was describing the different dynasties and, and, and so forth. Part of the Puranic uh, context, the Purana, there are certain things that make up a Purana, a certain type of literature as it is, and one of them is this list of the different dynasties and so forth, a historical kind of account. So, in the context of that, Krishna is mentioned, Brahma is mentioned, and so forth. So he wants to know now in some detail about them, like the sages of Naimisharani wanted to know in the beginning of the first chapter. So, as we've been hearing, these questions in the first chapter are answered more or less in the first canto, but they continue to be the subject matter throughout the book. So here again we are finding inquiries, this time on the part of Sukadev, or Parikshit Maharaj, inquiring from Sukadev the details about Krishna's birth and activities, those of Ram, Balram, and so forth. And, as I say, a glorification of, of Sukadev in terms of his qualification to speak, and then we'll hear, or, or we hear in the canto, the glorification on the part of Sugadev of his disciple, Prikshit Marsh, for the nature of his inquiry and uh, his uh, devotion. So it's not a back-scratching society, but both are worthy of praise, the inquirer and the, uh, and, and the speaker. It's a mutual chemistry for the descent of transcendental insight. And so we have that perfect combination in the form of the Raj Parikshit's eagerness and typified by his fasting from food and drink and paying rapt attention to Sukadev, who is characterized as being naked and uh, unaware of the distractions of the world, um, being so internally absorbed, so internally affected by the message that he heard from his father, Vyas, which was the message of the Bhagavatam, so affected by that he was, that he was drawn out of Brahman realization. That's powerful. 
to draw one out of material absorption, that's one thing, because our absorption in material life is in relation to things that don't endure anyway. So, um, we kind of have to practice being detached from them to one extent or another, although we, we don't learn a lesson and we continue to pursue them or other other objects and so forth. But um, how much holding power, how much of a spell can they really have? Matter, that is to say, on consciousness. The one matter is inferior to consciousness. So to pull one out of material attachment, that's not such a big thing. To pull one out of an attachment or an absorption in something spiritual, that would seem to be a more formidable task. So Sugadev was absorbed in Brahman. He had no material attachments. And the verses of Bhagavatam, when he heard them, created a revolution inside of him, turned him upside down, he had to go to the source of that. He was living in the forest, and he he, he heard the woodcutter, who was a woodcutter for, for Vyas and his hermitage, singing the poetry uh, of, of Vyas Bhagavatam, some essence of the Bhagavatam. And it, he was attracted to that. He had to follow that. He ended up back at his own father's ashram that he'd left at birth, and there he sat and was schooled in Srimad Bhagavatam. This was so powerful. It's a powerful message. It has the power to, to drag people out of their absorption in, in Brahman. And so we have the Parikshit Maharaj and, and Sukadev here. This is the setting. And both of them highly qualified. The king, of course, as we say, he was very... Uh, earnest and attentive. He had a forewarning, seven days to live. He, he, he gave up eating and drinking to take advantage of uh, the last few days of his life. And, 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 to, and that was part of his inquiring spirit. Actually, He said, no time for eating, no time for drinking. These things, as I said before, they got me in trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. I was thirsty, I was hungry, I came to the hermitage of, uh, what is it, Somaka, and the Rishi was in meditation. And so by the force of thirst and hunger, I did something unbecoming. So by the force of our material uh, attachments, we do embarrassing things. (laughs) And he has... The example here in the Bhagavatam is just the force, just what to speak of other things that we do, eating and drinking, which seems there should be a license for that anyway. Of course there is, but he wants to make the point in a very powerful way here, Vyas, in his authorship of the Bhagavatam, which is a compilation of different speakings and so forth into a final edited edition, if you will. As I said, he spoke it to Sukadev. Uh, obviously, this is a different edition. Sukadev spoke it, and while speaking it, Sutta Goswami was in the audience. The sages at Naimisharanya, then when Sutta was appointed to speak to them in the place of his father who was dismissed, 
appointed in, by Balaram, father dismissed by Balaram. And the questions of the sages were such that it was obvious to Sutta that it was the Bhagavatam that they, he should speak about. So that's the edition that, that we have. So compiled by Vyas in this way. In 18,000 uh, poetic uh, verses, and he tells the story about Pariksit like this, that he he was fasting from food and drink in order to not waste any time in finding out what he should be doing with uh, the impending impending uh, death in seven days. And as I said before, seven days means what? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There are only seven days. And one of them, we will expire in terms of our material identification. That will be history. And to dust, dust to dust. So, we shouldn't remain attached to that. Uh, he, he saw that my desire for eating and drinking is only bringing my, about my death. That's, so the pursuit of maintaining our material sense of self ends in nothing but death. This is the lesson. There's no, there's no win there. There's no, there's no gain, ultimately. It's a losing cause. That doesn't mean we should just give up and, and die. We're going to die. Uh, the body is going to die. That's a fact. So there's something that you can do about that, and that is to solve the problem of death by not being attached to something that's not going to endure. And of course, the Bhagavatam gives us the solution to become attached to something that is going to endure, that does endure, to, to Krishna and, and yourself in terms of a relationship with Krishna, that possibility through Bhakti Devi's grace and so forth. So the king, he was fasting from food and drink, and he realized food and drink that it was my problem. Trying to mean, on account of that, I did something embarrassing. What did he do? He, 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 the sage didn't greet him. He was the king, so he garlanded the king with a cobra that he had slain. And so, the son of Shomaka then cursed the king that he would die in seven days by the snake, snake bird's bite. Hmm. That's yet to come, or that comes out later in the text, detailed in some ways in the, in the Mahabharata also. But, um, of course, that's also said to be the beginning of, beginning of Kali Yuga, and the king shouldn't have been faulted in that way. If we look at the rest of his life, we see so much devotion in him from his very childhood in the womb of Uttara. Krishna protected him. So he must be a special person. Sometimes special persons who are not, uh, who are of a spiritual nature and so forth, sometimes they do things that are, that seem out of, how would you say, out of character. So we shall not judge them by that. The great Bhagavatam, compiled by the learned Vyas, is an example. His father, 
Parashuram, he became attracted to a fisherman's to a fish to a, to a fisherman's daughter, and in a moment of distraction, and and Vyas was born. So it seems like well, he did something out of character, Parashara, with the fisherman's daughter, but the result was a Vyas. <laughs> so, so maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe there's more to, to, to look at and so forth. So Parikshit Maharaj, he did something unbecoming, out of character, but this gave birth to the speaking of Sukadev of the Bhagavatam. And, and in that audience, Vyas himself was seated See what what the Bhagavatam will have, it has done to him, and how it will come out. Sukumukad Amrita, Sukumukad Amrita Dravasandita. How it will come out like nectar from his mouth. Vyas wanted to hear. Nard, the guru of Vyas, was also present. They didn't think we already know the Bhagavatam. We're not go there tonight. We have something else to do. No. <laughs> What will what will in the hands of Sukadev, in the heart of Sukadev, what what will be churned there? What will come out? So, so this is a wonderful event. So we want to look at that in the life of Prakshit Maharaj, and then and look at how he dealt with his fault. It's in such an extreme way he, he took so uh, seriously. He could have counteracted. After all, he was cursed by a Brahmin, but he was a Vaishnav. So Vaishnav Diksha, that transcends the Varnashram. Vaishnavi Jati Bhuti, Archo Vishnu, Srilati Gurushu, Naravati, all these things. Vaishnava Jati Bhuti. One should not think that the Shaligram or the deity is a stone. No, Sakshat Hari, that the Guru is an ordinary person. Naramati, Guru Shu, Naramati, Vaishnava Jati Buddhi, Vaishnava Jati, and the Vaishnava is um, to be categorized within the, the uh, Varnashram. No, he has or she has a position that's transcendental, that because he or she has Adhikar, faith, Therefore, eligibility, Adhikar, for treading the Bhakti Marg, which is above the Dharma Marg. If you follow the Dharma, what will you, what will you get from that? Not, nothing in comparison to what you can get from Vaishnavism. So Vaishnav Diksha, initiation, this is, uh, puts one in a better position than in the Dharma Marg, or Gyan Marg. One may be a beginner there, but Nonetheless, one's position is better by way of connection. Just like Pujapachitamarsh like to give the example, if you're a doorkeeper in a hundred-story building and you're working next to a ten-story building where the CEO, CEO, they call him, is living on the tenth floor, looking down at you every day, as a door opener in the building next door, his position is better. But the door opener 
could rise up and become the CEO of the 100-story building and look down at the 10-story building CEO as if he's just a doorkeeper, something like that. So you're, we have to evaluate a person, a thing, by its potential and by its association and so forth. So by connection with the Vaishnava Guru Parampara, we have great potential. And we should be humbled by that. We should be proud to be a humble member of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, something like that. So, Rikshit Maharaj was a Vaishnav. He was cursed by a Brahmin. This is, uh, and he could have counteracted the curse, but he accepted it. So the way in which he embraced an apparent fault and the rest the balance of his life and so forth, all this has to be taken into consideration. Those who aren't thoughtful, they will just focus in on the one point and say, you see, who cares about Parikshit Maharaj? <laughs> he couldn't control his thirst, his hunger. A guru should control his thirst, something like that. <laughs> so, now, sometimes, for reasons beyond us, great persons may act out of character. If we look deeply over time, we see, oh, there was, there was a divine hand there involved in a greater purpose. So here is the great purpose that Srimad Bhagavatam would be spoken in this way. So Prakshat Marsh eminently qualified. And he teaches us a lesson. He himself thought, eating and, sleep, eating and drinking got me into so much trouble. So I'll stop that and in the context of that then find a, a, a solution to the problem. So Vaishnavism is about stopping eating, stopping the hunger problem, stopping the thirst problem and so forth by catering to the root of which of the disease that these are but the symptoms of. So again, also, our material attachment causes us to act in very embarrassing ways. It's undignified for the self, for the Atma. Anyway, both people very qualified. And here Sukadev is being asked wonderful questions that just uh, underscore the level of the interest of Parikshit Maharaj. He's he's drinking now. He's eating what Babushari, what is called a medicine. He says, before the verse we're going to discuss, this is part of the verses that preface this. Sugadeva is going to begin speaking about Krishna's birth as he's been asked, and about Ram's birth, and so forth. But in the context of Parikshit Marj glorifying Sukadeva, and speaking of his qualifications and so forth, this verse says, Nibhita the qualities of, of Sugadev, he, he had no, again, he was naked, naked, he had no material attachment, he didn't know he was wearing, whether he was wearing clothes or not, hmm? is the implication. So, <laughs> he was completely transformed by the Bhagavatam. And, uh, so no material attachment. And given the Aushari. Aushari means medicine. This, this medicine, the implication is this medicine of Harikata, when heard from the right source, 
who has no motivation, nothing to gain from us, who's out of compassion speaking that, that will have effect. That has the capacity to change our heart. Sukadeva's not firing the blanks here. He's got real bullets. In other words, he has a realization about what he's talking about. He's not only srotriyam, but brahmanishtam. Not only has he heard well from Vyas, but he's he's situated in in Brahman. So he he has to, uh, like we talked about, so Balaram could give the message to the inhabitants of Vrindavan because he's one of them. Uddhava couldn't really get it. Hmm? How well could he could convey Krishna's heart message to the gopis? So it takes one kind of no one kind of thing. So this Harikata, this is pulling Sugadev out of Brahman. So it's of a spiritual nature. So being situated in spirit, some capacity to understand all these things. Qualified speaker. There in that verse, it's mentioned, who will not be interested in these things and hearing from such a qualified person? Only those who 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 kill animals, Pashugnat. It means those who are engaging in uh, Vedic rituals, which sometimes involve sacrifice of an animal, and then they're supposed to rejuvenate the animal afterwards, and all this business just for going to heaven and coming back down again. All this big show and whatnot, huh? It's a big, big. You got to have big fire and so many mantras and all done right and it's a big affair and into the fire and so forth, just for going to heaven and coming back down people absorbed in this it means they will not be interested in the medicine of the Bhagavatam it means people absorbed in Bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tayaprita chetasam vevasayatmika buddhi samadhuna vidhiyate samadhuna they will never get samadhi. Hmm? <laughs> they will never have that kind of inner absorption. Who is that? Bhogaishvarya, prasaktanam. Who are absorbed in boga, in aishvarya, the, the glare. Aishvarya means like the, 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 the glare of material, the, the, the neon lights of material attraction. Hmm? One who's, who's taken by that and distracted by that. They'll never know samadhi. They'll never enter into the inner inner world. The, the lights will be out in the inner landscape. So, Sukadeva turned off the... He had no interest, attraction to that, that glare. Hmm? Um, you know that the Bhagavatam begins, as we've been hearing in the first canto. Similarly, they were gathered for a thousand-year sacrifice for for Svarga and Bhagavatam came through Sutta Goswami, through Balaram and Sutta Goswami. And the course that was to be taught changed. It took on a different um, took it in a different direction. Hmm? From Svarga to Svargalok to Golok is the idea. Uh, altogether different course. So again here it's mentioned this is another, another beginning, if you will, of the Bhagavatam here in the 10th canto. So some similarity, this contrast between the two. 
that dharma marg, karma marg, for making material progress, for being pious and being religious and so forth, in contrast to, to spiritual, experiential spiritual life, knowing Brahman, knowing the self, to be a good religious human, to become a god even, as opposed to understanding that you're, you're Atma, you're not a, a deva, a human, an animal, any of these things. So this is a different course here, Srimad Bhagavatam. This is for a comprehensive solution to the problem of material life, the problems of eating and drinking and so on. So, so Sukadev now will begin. He began to answer the question. What does he say? He says, Bhumir Driptad Nripabhyaja Jaityanika Satayutai Akranta Buribharena Brahmanam Sharanam Yayo. So Bhumi Driptunripabhyas Daitya Anika Shata Ayutai Akranta Buribharena Brahmanam Sharanam Yayo. Bhumi means earth, so he begins to tell the story why Krishna appeared, how Krishna appeared. Basically, basically wants to know what's the story of his birth and activities. This is the the tenth canto, the whole story of Krishna. We finally gotten to this point. This this book deals tenth book of the Bhagavad deals with what's called the Ashrai Tattva. That is Krishna. That principle that is the shelter of everything else. And other principles that are sheltered under him have been discussed, like creation, sarga visarga, the initial <coughs> exhalation of Vishnu and the implications of that. Then the, the management of the Brahma, visarga, potionum, the protection of the pious and so forth, the avatars, the different descents of, of the God. And these are all topics of the Bhagavatam that are sheltered under the shelter-giving um, ashray, Krishna. So the idea is here we get to the 10th book and we're going to hear about Krishna, the son of Devaki, son of Nanda, and so forth. And by now, we should understand that that his... his um, Human-like activities constitute the sweetness of the absolute because, after all, he's the shelter of all these big, big things. They all are sheltered under him. So all this is given to help us understand now this tenth canto, where it's, where he lo- looks like well, young guy attracted to a young girl, something like that's pr- pretty common. But it's so charming to us because. We know something else about him. So this Madhurya is, uh, and Aishwarya, this is the tight rope that Vyas walks here and is riding here. He wants to show us that Krishna is, is, is Bhagwan, he's the Godhead. So we have our head on straight when we're thinking about him. But he wants, he really wants to tell us about his Madhurya, but that Madhurya will be understood in relation to the Aishwarya, 
and so forth. So he weaves back and forth between these two. And here we come now into the whole of bringing out the madhurya, the, the sweetness of Bhagavan Sri Krishna's whole life. Um, this is said to be the smiling face. The Bhagavatam is described as the body of Krishna, the first canto, or his lotus feet, and so on, so on, up, up to his, his, the tenth canto is his smiling face. Eleventh and twelfth are like his intelligence, afterthought, to reflect back on. And this, of course, this is a canto that when Rupa Goswami says in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Bhagavat Shravan, one of the five most potent forms of sadhana, sadhu sangha, nam kirtan, Bhagavat Shravan, Sri Murti, worshiping the deity and to live in a sacred place. Hearing the Bhagavatam is one of them. And he means the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam. That's what he means. Jiva Goswami has commented in this way. But to hear the tenth canto, understand it, the other cantos are important. But when we've done that, then we'll find our place somewhere in here. This is the, uh, the, the narration, the narrative of Krishna Leela. So we, we'll find our place in here. These, these certain pastimes will stand out to us, attract us, and so forth. As we heard from Shilamarsh this morning of Prabhupada's particular attraction. So, Bhumi, the earth, Krishna appeared on earth. And why? This is one of the, why did he appear here? What, what's it all about? So, Bhumi, the condition of the earth is being described. And Gaur, Bhutbashru, Muki, Kina, Kandita, Karunam, Vibho, Upasti tan tiketasmai vyasanam samabhochata. She took the form of a cow. Earth personified Bhumi. Uh, assumed the form of a cow. Cow is a milk cow. And uh, cow is, of course, a giver from her utter so many wonderful things can come for human society. We get milk, and from milk we get butter and yogurt and so many nourishing things. Good food for the body, good food for the brain, as it's thought in Ayurveda. And from the essence of the milk, which is the butter, which is the ghee, then this ghee is used in sacrifice, ritual. So it's sometimes called liquid... uh, Religion. Um, so the, the cow is said to domesticate the wild humans, the wild, you know, get hunters and gatherers, and turn them into agriculturalists, tilling the soil and so forth, and using their brain. So cows are meant to help us use our our brain. Their milk is good for that. <laughs> So, um, so the earth took the form of a cow, a giver, and she, she personifies that here that the idea that humans should be living their life by way of taking advantage of the opportunity that affords them to be religious and ultimately the sum and substance of religion comes to inquiry about Brahman and inquiry about Rasa, 
Parodharma. This is the subject of Bhagavatam. It's about Dharma. Dharma means religion, duty, and so forth. And it, 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 Bhagavatam is so nice. Later on we'll hear, well, we won't get that far, but it's about 33rd chapter or so uh, of this book in the middle of the Rasa Leela. Then it's, it's mentioned there. That these pastimes are, are so extraordinary that people have to follow them. You, you, it's like if you hear about them, you have to be forced to. It's in the imperative. You have to go. You have to pursue this. It's so <laughs> uh, compelling. So this is the, the ultimate, you know, idea of Dharma. And you know, it's no wonder then that the personification of Dharma is surrounded by cows. So the earth is taking a form of a cow and saying. These humans should be religious, and if they're not, to the extent that they're not, it becomes a burden to me to carry the weight, their weight. It burdens me, it troubles me. Here to have come all this way, all this is about Padma Purana, so many forms of aquatics, so many forms of reptiles and uh, quadrupeds, pods, four-legged animal birds, and then the, the, the four-legged animals, so forth. And then humans, and humans are rare comparatively amongst all the other species of life. And the Padmaran is speaking about a kind of an evolution, a consciousness-driven evolution that takes us through different forms of life that are suited for different pursuits in human life. As we heard the other day from a scientific report, (laughs) is suited evolution from the point of view of biological evolution for religious experience. The human brain is is suited for religious experience, they've discovered. So we agree readily. And so is Earth. And when humans don't uh, pursue that Religious experience. It means it, religious experience really means spiritual. I mean, spiritual experience. It's it's you you you're religious, and all of a sudden you get an experience. It's a, a otherworldly experience. The more, so to speak, so that we've we've talked about before. So huh, this is what human life is for: hmm? the opportunity to love. That's what religion is really about. To do, to, uh, to uh, love begins by showing some gratitude, acknowledging that even for my seeing, I'm dependent upon the sun and other aspects of nature. I should approach them with gratitude and regard, and and so forth, and uh, see that I'm not independent in my my ability to function as a human. And so this is the idea. And when we don't do that, and rather we try to conquer nature, the idea of the Veda is to conquer nature by love. Hmm? What could be more powerful? If you love someone, they'll tell you all the secrets. So to love nature is to appreciate the bounty that nature provides, and she provides a certain amount also. Ishavasamidam sarvam. Right? Isha, Upanishad says. There's a quota for people. It's not like the Vedas don't tell us, Upanishads don't tell us, 
life is about getting as much as you can. Hmm? <laughs> Grabbing and collecting and, uh, as much as you can. Um, no, it's not about uh, acquisition at all hmm? in terms of moving progressively. It's about letting go, about giving up, about giving. The beginning of giving is to give up, taking. So when there, there's this sense that, as I said before, that we are, there's more to us than what meets the eye, or that there's more, that we don't have to live under the restrictions of material nature. This is, in our estimation, the self kind of surfacing. So the secular world also senses that, but they try to go about it in a different way, in a way that, according to Bhagavatam here, is a disturbance to the earth, a burden to the earth. And um, there's another way to go about it, as I say, by love, by gratitude. She tells you her secrets, and then this is the secret knowledge of revelation, knowledge about the self, that, uh, that the, the, the invisible part of you, so to speak, that's as, as invisible as you're not looking at it, even though it's the instrument by which we can look, by which we can see. So, how to turn inward and turn on the lights on the inner landscape. This is the idea. So, earth took the form of a cow, and cow is innocent and dependent, in a way, on the human society who has, who, who is, or the caretakers, they are like gods, comparatively. That's why we say, Upanishads say, if we're to find something in the world that most resembles God, people will say, where is God? Is there anything that even resembles God? Well, the Upanishads say there is, it's you. Of course, they're saying consciousness. Consciousness. And consciousness is there, of course, in all species of life. It's what animates the whole of... Uh, the inanimate world, consciousness lending itself by way of attachment, extending itself into things. Hmm? But consciousness in human life is special, and of course this is recognized in the secular society today as well, almost to the point of denying that there's consciousness anywhere else. Because consciousness is considered to be conscious, self-consciousness, right? the perception of a sense of self. There's two sides. We perceive heat and cold and so forth, but the bigger picture is we perceive an I. We sense there's an I. So the Upanishads say that sensing that there's there's an I. This is, if we want to know what's most what most resembles God in the world, it, it's you. Consciousness, that sense of I. At that time if you will, in the world that nature wakes up to the fact that it has, has a soul and an and identity, that, that sensibility, and so forth, which is pervasive throughout the human uh, society. Something that some people, some secular people would like to tell us is a misfiring and we should just disregard it. Because why? Because we can't demonstrate it in a laboratory. We can't find the you that's the more by a lesser means. 
this is the the the, the, uh, the mistake. Hmm? If there's more, <laughs> it won't be found by a lesser means. In other words, if there's something that is animating and in that sense controlling nature, then by a controlled experiment involving material ingredients, we'll not find the more that's the controller. And we are the controller. We are Dharyate Jagat, the jiva, is sustaining the world as a particle of consciousness. No, that's not the whole picture, obviously. We're the spark. There's the fire. We speak of Krishna, we speak of the fire source, the whole thing that never comes under the cloud of material illusion. So, at any rate, this this makes us like the caretakers of nature, the gods of the world and so forth. Um, but it's in a relative sense, caretaking, something that belongs to to another. So to take care of nature in 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 light of or with regard to its its source, excavate the the connection of all material things with their spiritual source. This is what bhakti is about, in a sense. So this is then to approach nature in a very different way. So it's that, as I say, she'll tell your secrets. And one of the secrets is, my soul is you. <laughs> you. Hmm? You're what brings me t- to life and so forth. So she, nature, the earth here, uh, is uh, kind of dependent in a way. Something that's to be taken care of. And so in the form of a cow is the idea. Bhagavatam is speaking to us metaphorically here. The earth became a cow. And um, the earth the earth is a giver, it means. So, so many abundant resources for human society provided by the earth. So we should take them, but in light of the, of the larger picture, so that we don't just take and take and take and take. There's a point of giving back and and taking for our material sustenance, sustenance enough that we will be fit. What does the Bhagavatam say? Uh, later, earlier in the second canto, it's the first canto, second chapter. It says, oh, such a nice verse. I can't remember the Sanskrit. But one should live this human life. Uh, one should not live one's life simply for indriya priti. For the desire for indriya priti. Indriya priti, the priti means love. Indriya priti means love of the senses. Kama sin indriya, na indriya priti. One should not live this human life simply for love of, of the senses. Kama sin indriya priti. Labo jiveta yavata. Jiva sitatva jignasu. You should live. This, so I was, my youth, this verse was so inspiring to me. When I first read this verse. Uh, that uh, you should, human life should be lived because jiva jignasu, it gives us a chance 
because we're wired for that, right? <laughs> uh, to inquire, jivasya tattva, the truth about the self. It should be lived for that purpose, not for indri priti. So to adjust our focus, then environmental problem solved. You see, the problem could say it. We can solve the environmental problem. People say, no, it's not that easy, Swami. Well, yeah, well, you have to, you know, stop loving the senses, and well, you know, that's not so easy, Swami. No, it is easy. It's very simple, and there's no other solution. Hmm. Yeah. The more the rage of Kali Yuga for uh, goes on for Indriya Priti, then as a, the other will dry up at some point if you don't treat her nicely. If you treat her nicely, she'll milk for years and years, even after having calved, uh, you know, years previously. So Earth takes the form of a cow and uh, approaches Brahma, who's the fashioned the whole thing under the direction of. Vishnu with the energy of Vishnu and uh, says that things are going wrong here it's not working out the way it was supposed to and uh, I'm troubled here the earth is burdened by by really this Indriya Priti love of the senses and in the context of the narrative of Leela and so forth described as military foundances and kings like Kangsa and so forth who's, gonna, who's part of this important narrative here of Krishna's life who personifies the problem of material life. So, earth in the form of a cow, anyway, approaches Brahma and uh, says, we got a problem here, Brahma, this isn't isn't the way it was supposed to be. Uh, You created for a different purpose and earth is particularly suitable for self-realization because on earth we have a balance between heavenly and hellish conditions. So we, we can see heaven here and we can see hell here. We can see, we don't want to go to either one. <laughs> Neither one, bogue, uh, material piety or material impiety. Uh, either one of these two paths is not going to satisfy the self. So we want the more in life. We want to experience the, something transcendent to the hells and heavens and so forth. So because there's a balance, we have to suffer some, we enjoy some. That is uh, just suitable then for for bhakti. This is what it means. Bhakti said that the eligibility for bhakti requires that one has to be, uh, well, a, a a little bit prone toward renunciation, which comes from the suffering the hells, you're a little prone, when that side is shown, a little prone towards renunciation and a little prone towards sense gratification, <laughs> happiness. This is, this is the middle path here. If you're completely into sense gratification, you, you can only go to heaven. And if you're completely into renunciation, then you go to the hell, Nara. <laughs> what does Prabhupada Saras what he say? This is such the Bhagavad perspective. Go to the Brahman, go to hell. <laughs> Mukti. I mean, this is like, a, yeah, it's no opportunity to serve. 
in the material world, the avatars are appearing, there's always a chance to get connected to bhakti. In Brahman, it's very rare. Sugadev was pulled out just before Videha Mukti, before he was a Jivan Mukta, but before leaving the body and entering there, he was pulled out by the Bhagavatam. <sighs> Save at the last moment. <laughs> this is a Bhagavatam, it's a very revolution, because Mukti is thought to be, well, that's the, that's the be all and the end all, right? Dharma, Artha, Kama, you're finished with that, Mukti. No, Prema Pumarto, Mahan, Panchama Pudrasartha. The fifth goal of life makes Mukti look hellish in comparison. This is a heavy, heavy statement. It means also that the desire for Mukti involves some selfishness on our part. If I can't have it, I won't do anything. Hmm? <laughs> Something like that. So you realize I can't have it, it doesn't belong to me, it keeps getting taken away, so that's it, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here, meditate, pout. <laughs> Something like that. And those those guys are always angry. Those those pianis. You got to watch out for them. They're always given the curses and whatnot. <laughs> right. So so the perfect place for that for this for self realization, Bharat, you know, India in particular, and this with the Earth in in, in general. So. She approaches Brahma, here it's described, and so this then is the beginning and the basic idea, the original idea of Krishna's descent, why he comes, because the earth is burdened. In other words, Brahma says, okay, we've got a problem, what are we going to do? Well, my work is creation, so it's not really my forte here to solve the problem. Shiva's work is destruction, Vishnu's work is the main thing to make sure the thing goes on well once it's set in motion. So I shall approach him. So he goes to the shore of the ocean of milk and he makes his meditative petition to Vishnu. And Vishnu responds, I'm already aware of the situation. I'm Vishnu. It means I'm everywhere, all pervasive. I'm in every atom. I know, I understand the situation. Appreciate your touching base with me here. <laughs> At, uh, here's, here's what's going to happen. It says, I'm going to make my appearance on earth. I want you to tell the devas and the gods and the goddesses to also take birth on earth to facilitate my leela, and I'm going to solve the whole problem. So... This is the cause then of Krishna's descent, but this is it's multi-cause, it's multi-purpose. This is the only the beginning and the basic idea. The earth is overburdened, so Vishnu is going to appear hmm, to resolve the situation. So he has some awareness through Vishnu, Krishna that is. Vishnu is a phase of Krishna, a kala, a part of Krishna. His his he is the the overseer of the world, so he knows what's going on. Hmm? Now he's going to he's going to incarnate, but we find that Krishna is appearing. Now, if we study the Bhagavatam, we know that Krishna's position is is different from Vishnu's. He's absorbed in his leela. So why is he coming? This question should come. So we think there has to be more to it than that. Vishnu could have saved the whole situation. 
but Krishna's coming. So as we go on, we see there are more reasons for his descent. One other reason is, is of course, that previously, Brahma stole a young lady from the cowherd community on earth. story goes in the Puranic lore that he was performing a, a sacrifice and at the point where his wife was needed to participate in an aspect of the sacrifice, Savitri was not available. So Indra, she was preoccupied. So, so, so Indra went to find another wife for Brahma. And of course, the God's time is different from the earthly time. So he, he came across a beautiful, beautiful, stunning cowherdess, cowherd girl. And he snatched her up, took her to Brahma, put her through her in the sacrifice. She became the wife of Brahma. And meanwhile, the cowherds, they said, what the heck's going on here? This, uh, you know, one of our people had been stolen here by the gods. And so different people weighed in, you know, to rectify the situation. And Vishnu ultimately had the final word. And he said, I'll, I'll take care of this thing uh, in the future. I will take birth amongst you people, amongst your class, your, 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 your caste, your, your, your sect, your, 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 your group, uh, the coward people. I'll take birth among you personally, and, and so they were sad. Oh, Vishnu! So this uh, uh, this is this is now Vishnu's fulfilling that he's going to take birth as amongst uh, amongst the cowherds, and of course that lady who was stolen makes a connection between this cowherd family who are Vaishas and the Brahminical community because Brahma is a Brahmin. So this coward caste became, um, it got a different classification as a result of this. One of their own kind hmm, became married to Brahma. So these are called Abhiras, <laughs> a certain subcaste, within, which, which is, lends to, the, to the, the whole idea. What caste is Krishna? Hmm? <laughs> so his father... With his his great grandfather, Deva Deva what is it Deva Deva Mita, Deva Mita, he was uh, he married a a a, a lady and had a son named Sura and he married a Vaishya lady that was this was common at those times uh, and had a son named Parjanya Parjanya means like rain cloud. Sura, in turn, his son had a son named Vasudev in Mathura, who was a Chatriya, who married Devaki. Well, this story will come. And Parjanya, oh, he was very magnanimous amongst the cowherds, and he worshipped the Brahmins always and showed regard for them and gave in charity and so forth. And he became a wealthy cowherd, and he, he reigned down kindness and, and reigned with religiousness like the rain cloud. And he had five sons and he named them all after the root Nand, which means bliss. Upananda, Nanda, Nandana, and so on. Five of them. Sunanda. And the middle son, Nanda, of course, then became the father of 
of Krishna on the cowherd side, Vasudeva, the, the father of Krishna on the Kshatriya side, and then if we look at the cowherd side, it's mixed with the Brahminical influence of Brahma and so forth. So is he a Brahman? Is he a Chatri? Is he Vaisha? He's none of these things, obviously, is the, is the idea. So this lady then, this cowherdess, she became Gayatri. So the idea is what? That through Gayatri, Gayatri is the prototype of all mantras, the original Om and Gayatri, then come the Vedas. So it means that the Vedas in all these texts are really all about Krishna. This is from, from that community a lady is speaking. And she is the, the personification of the mantra that, that uh, is, as Jiva Goswami explains, is only about Krishna. And all the Vedas are coming out of that means they're all speaking about it, trying to do justice to Om and to Gayatri and explain what it means and so forth. They're all only really talking about Krishna, even when they're talking about Shiva or Indra. And so if you put it all together, find the concordance of all these sounds, it all says one sound of two syllables. Krishna, Krishna. So, therefore, Gayatri Basiruposo has said about Bhagavatam, what? That it is a commentary on the Gayatri. If you want to understand, and this is the mature writing of Vyas, the Bhagavatam, if you want to understand that Gayatri, after all the Vedas have been spoken, all of them are really talking about Gayatri, the final word of Vyas, directly a commentary on the significance of Gayatri. And it's all about Krishna, Krishna's love for Radha, Radha's love for Krishna, so from Gayatri, Gayatri and Mahaprabhu, Ganat Trayate, it means Trayate, to deliver by song. So his, that is the Kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That flute sound of Krishna from which the Gayatri is coming, that, and, that, and that's initiating Brahma in another way. It said like, he, he didn't, oftentimes a man doesn't know the wealth of his wife. What wealth, what she actually has to, to offer. There she was, a wife to help him do some sacrifice, but she was the Gayatri personified. Later, through the flute sound, he got initiated by the Gayatri and had a revolution in his thinking. So, from Gayatri, we get Krishna. When, and when Gayatri, as the Upanishads started to come out, and Gayatri was feeling, oh, amongst the Upanishads, I'm not being sufficiently, that my import is not sufficiently being addressed with, she incarnated as Gopal Tapani. Gopal Tapani, to shed light on a Gopal. There we find the Gopal Mantra. And it said at that time, she took birth in the Brajlila. When Krishna, when Vishnu came as Krishna to honor the cowherds and the, and the Brahma stealing of one of their beauties, Brajsundaris, <laughs> then, <laughs> then, uh, then uh, Gayatri also appeared there as Kam Gayatri. This is the Puranic uh, Vaishnav lore. As Kam Gayatri. Kam Gayatri means to say it in no uncertain terms what the Brahma Gayatri is more vaguely pointing to. 
more vaguely, lending to nuanced and different kind of interpretations, more inclusive and so forth, that will gradually bring people. But people who want to go, who want to, who are Vaishnavas, they want the Vaishnav diksha. They will take this Kam Gayatri, Gopal Mantra, and Kam Gayatri. So this is all coming to more reasons for why Krishna appears. Getting a little, he comes for the burden of the earth, but he actually wants to take birth on earth amongst the cowherds for for other reasons. So all these are his arrangements. Gold Premanandi, Hari Hari Go, Vishnu Brindaki, Jai.